Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Hi, good afternoon. It's Mairead Ronan in for Andrea. Now, Jenny the Donkey in Banshees of Inishirin, Wizard of Oz, Toto, Free Willy, Babe, Pig in the City and Lassie Come Home. Some animals in movies and TV shows are just as famous as the well-known actors that feature too. But have you ever wondered who to call if you needed any sort of animal for your production. Well, today on Lunchtime Lives, Ask Me Anything, we are going to find out all about it. Eddie Drew is an animal wrangler and coordinator and has been supplying creatures great and small for movies and TV shows for years. And he's here in studio to answer everything you've ever wanted to know about this field. Uh, I'm still looking for your questions. You can send them in. Uh, you can WhatsApp voice note 87 106. Good afternoon, Eddie. Afternoon, Rach. Thank you for having me in. It's lovely to have you in. This is lovely of a Friday afternoon. So what movies and TV TV shows have you worked on? Oh, an array over the years. I'm probably at it now 20 years. The first film I did was on Braveheart. I was working for somebody. Oh, so you started off with a big one. Yeah, a big one, yeah. A and massive one. A massive one, but it was a, a, yeah, it was a long day. One of our sheep that we were wrangling had got away, so I decided instead of trying to drag it, I put it up on my shoulders. <laughs> and Mel Gibson said, this looks great on camera. So I spent the whole day with this full-grown sheep thrown off, straddled over my shoulders, take after take after take. Oh my God. So it was a nightmare. So it was a learning curve that day. And that's where you got those fine set of shoulders. Yeah, yeah. that's where it started from. That's where it yeah, started. Many moons ago. My goodness. And so that's funny, Just it, it was something that you were just doing and then Mel yeah. Gibson said that would actually well, look it, good. Yeah, if you've ever seen trying to struggle to bring a sheep back across the field, one sheep on its own, it's just a nightmare trying to drag them. So I literally got it up, put my neck underneath, put up my shoulders, oh my held God. the legs together and then they thought it looked great me coming across oh. this field, across the headland of sheep. Goodness. And, yeah. uh, so what kind of animals do you provide? We range literally from everything, not to blow my own trumpet, but mm. yeah, we're from cockroaches to rats, ah! mice, ah! snakes, ah! parrots, sheep, wild boar, lemurs, monkeys. Uh, yeah. What if so, what if a cockroach just got away at home? And they, yeah, they don't, and they're not they're not as bad as people make out. But yeah, we two thousand of them out beginning of the year. <laughs> on a, a film called Sand and Stone, Nicolas Cage. And we used to have to bring them every day on set with us, um, climatise the van with special heat and stuff. And yeah, they did. They used about two, three hundred of them. What, you, what, what happened to the rest of them? They all went back to a, a source down in Cork where they're used for, they're actually for reptiles, for a food source. So they went oh back there. Oh my goodness. I just, you know, I, I, I love, love, love animals. My dog is spoilt rotten. I, okay. But when we go into that territory? Yeah, those and maggots, people just turn. The maggots, cockroaches and rats, I think, are, are people's nightmares. Yeah, why, why is that? I mean, I recently struggled, and I genuinely mean this, I struggled to sit down and watch Ratatouille, which is an animation. Okay, well with then, my girls. Well, then you're with fear factor. Yeah, you don't want to come out to my farm, but you're more than welcome some weekend because I have the Avery's Cops with Avery's. I can kill mechanic and I'm open every Saturday and Sunday, which I sell birds for the last 25 years. So anything ranging from budgies to parrots and guinea pigs, rabbits, pet rats. Rats make brilliant pets. So clean, so intelligent. But I would keep a lot of brown rats for film sets. Okay, might use them for six months and then they want. You know, I did Vikings and Valhalla for 10 years. There's always rats. We'd Penny Dreadful. We'd 150 rats on Penny Dreadful. And you have to, I'm just, you know, again, I'm wondering, I'm always wondering about one or two getting away. You have to make sure you can count yeah, all of them at the end. we lost any. Yeah, we did a trench. I can't remember the film we, we had um, in the trenches and they wanted eight or ten rats behind oh. in the trenches. So in the day I had brought a little terrier who just would sniff them out and was great. Two or three escaped. And for her, we would never got, only for her, we would never got them back. Okay. Uh, there's a, a voice note in. Uh, Francis, what's your question? I just want to know, what is the most difficult edible that you've worked with? What is the most difficult animal you've ever worked with? Oh, jeepers. Um, probably, oh. yeah, I don't, actually, that's a hard question because, yeah, um, rats probably in the, in the volume of rats. 
Okay, but you're saying in one minute they're lovely, they make lovely pets and they're very intelligent. Yeah, but no, we, uh, as the day we had on a green screen, so there's green screens where they wanted to superimpose something, we had 150 rats and I knew all along they would never scurry across a road which was meant to portray. Um, and what happened was they just kept piling up and piling up. So we end up, you know, all sitting on top of each other. That was a bit of a challenge. But yeah, the, the rest of the animals, it's, it's, it's all down to TLC and building up a, a respect and a bond with the animals. So yeah, I don't think anything really difficult. And sometimes we've had a, so we're on the lobster, we had a supersized pig, which weighed 280 kilos. And Sorry, she, a, a supersized what? Pig. A pig? Yeah, full-grown pig. She was this is the Colin Farrell movie, yeah, uh, yeah. Lobster. Yeah. Down in Sneem and Kerry, we were down there for six weeks with a camel. We had a lobster, a peacock, a cat and an amazing dog out on set. And uh, But the pig, just she just wanted to do her own thing. She just pushed and shoved and just went wherever. She, at a slow pace, just wherever she want, wanted to go. <laughs> As pigs do. Yeah. Well, people might start asking, what is that sound that is happening every now and again? You've brought something in. Yeah, I have sought my raven here. One of my many ravens I have. Um, so they said they'd bring her in for a bit of a photo shoot. Lovely. Well, I'm so looking, she's here hopping in the box. So I, people are probably wondering what the noise is. I will look forward to uh, meeting Soot in a minute. Uh, there's another uh, question in from Ted. Ted, what's your question? How did you get into this line of work? Hi, Ted. How are you? Uh, Ted's there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what, what? So how did you get into this line of work? I was a very, very lucky guy, Ted. In 1986, in Hurricane Charlie, I started working with two old ladies out in Kim Mechanic who were making a, a yoghurt, a natural yoghurt of 40 goats and seven or eight Kerry cows, all handmade, the Miss Bakers. They're way ahead of their time. They're organic and homeopathic. And I started working with them on a nine to five and I was only in my early 20s and I thought, let me out of here. It's like some of the Homish. They still had a horse drawn, pulling hay and stuff and making haycocks. I started working with nine to five and then the next year it a bit, stayed a bit longer and they had ducks, they had a pet monkey. And sadly they passed away about seven or eight years after that and I was a lucky guy and inherited a farm and killed a mechanic of 40 acres. What, they left, they left, left the whole you. farm, yeah. The disaster, the worst part was I had to sell half to pay the inheritance because it wasn't related. Of course. So I carried on the yogurt and but then just it was hard to compete with the big guys and, you know, we were still making in glass jars with thermostats and stuff like that. So it was a lot of intensive labour stuff and my family were... But your your relationship with working with animals was all kicked off there. Kicked off there. That was yeah. We we had horses when I was small and we'd ferrets and stuff. But yeah, no, kicked off there. Yeah, okay. that was the start of it. Oh, so when did you realise then that you could, I suppose, help movie and TV productions? Going from that from yogurt to that is the yeah. Stretch. Well, it went yeah. They can kind of strange, but I opened. Uh, I have Copsey Davies, which is still open. So at the pet shop, opened there twenty five years, supplying birds, specialised in birds. We do hamsters and guinea pigs and cages, mm. etc. It's really good business. Um, and then people kind of rang and said, Ed, uh, we're looking for a parrot or we're looking for a rabbit. And bit by bit, it just took off from that maybe 20, 23 years ago. OK, uh, Anita has a question. What's your question, Anita? You see a lot of CGI animals lately. Are you worried that they will overtake the need for real animals on set? Hi, Anita. Yes, I think now being in my early 60s, I'm coming, to, I'd probably it's in 15, 18 years time, there won't be need for Eddie Drew or any animal wranglers. Really? The CGI has got and so a, good. And AI as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really, it's scary. It's, it's a shame, but yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it's going. But you can always tell. I mean, I kind of love looking at old Bond movies where you might be able to see the string as opposed to CGI stuff now where you go, you know that CGI as opposed to you know that that was a real stunt that was just done. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, you can't beat nature. No. Uh, definitely. We, we did an ad for Super Value there, a very successful ad for Super Value at oh, Christmas. Oh, you did that one? That was my dear, the dear. dear. Yeah, oh, the f- yeah, oh, that's that. a brilliant one. Yeah. And they like that, they CGI. It was very good, but just, I would know every day, but him lying down, we just could not get him to lie down and then flying to the sky. He wasn't going well, to Well, I, I had a feeling he didn't fly. Fly to the sky, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. He did everything else to, uh, to, uh, to a T, but yeah. Beautiful, beautiful ad. Uh, Aiden also has a question. What's yours, Aiden? Hi. 
Uh, now that animals are banned from circuses, I was wondering, do you have to be extra careful regarding animal welfare and cruelty accusations? That's a, that's a great question from Aidan. Yeah, what about that, Eddie? Yeah, Aidan, how are you? Um, yes, no, a very good question. Yeah, cruelty um, in this society is yeah, it's a, a, something we have to watch out for. A lot of the big productions like Netflix and Disney, they have an American Humane Association who would sit with me. So okay. on Disney, we were out for seven or eight weeks. And with that, and the girl was over, I think she was um, Slovakia or somewhere like that. So this said, is for the uh, Disney movie that was done here, um, Disenchanted. Chanted, yes. Yeah, scary. Right yeah. beside me is great because we're in place. Um, it's yeah, right beside the, the film industry in Ardmore Studios and Ashford Studios. So she would be there to monitor. Yeah. So um, I have especially, um, especially vans um, done for animals and trailers for the air conditioning and in the winter for heat and stuff. So that would be recorded and watering, feeding, right compartments that some animals aren't put beside other animals they won't be stressed out. Okay. And the 90% of the animals are mine. I do hire in dogs and stuff like that mm-hmm. and other animals, cows. I had a cow out on the film there yesterday. I had two alpacas out as well. <laughs> so a lot of stuff is hired in but everything is monitored and just, yeah, it's their welfare is my priority. Okay. Uh, somebody wants to know, uh, where do you keep them all? Are they in your house? <laughs> No, unfortunately, we've had we've we've grown up over the years of having many baby parrots, hand rearing monkeys, chickens, ducks with one leg and stuff in the kitchen. But we've moved on a bit now, and I have a, a, a fabulous yard, and yeah, lots of stables, outhouses, sheds, Avery's pens, heated, unheated water, fresh flowing water for ducks and geese and things. Everything they need. A, a final one, and this is actually from me. Okay, is it true that animals can sense fear? Yes, 100%. Really? I often thought because I get yeah. nerves around certain, yeah, certain yeah. animals. Uh, I remember I was getting a photograph taken near a horse, but I was terrified because the I mean, a horse is huge. And when I'm in flats, I'm very tiny. Right, okay. So I was so nervous and they were saying, oh, uh, the horse can sense that you're yeah. afraid. And animals, I thought, that's absolute rubbish. Yeah, you know the dogs, you know, the first of all, the fireworks and stuff that, you know, they fear... But the one thing with the animals we've learned over the years, you just can't rush them. Like there's many as a morning, half five in the morning, a dark winter's morning, we're loading up 50 sheep and something goes wrong. And if you start getting grumpy or shouting or roaring, everything just goes wrong and they just sense fear. So, yeah, sometimes you have to kind of bite your tongue and say, oh, when, you know, a goose runs the opposite way halfway down the canal or in the Liffey, and you're going, oh, you're going to get the net and catch it. But no, try and just be calm. calm. I just, I'm working Give with most of my animals. They've just built up a bond. They would, they would know my voice and stuff like that. Well, uh, lovely to talk to you, Eddie Drew, animal wrangler and animal coordinator. And uh, mention, where's the Avery? Copswood Avery's out in Kim Mechanic, where we're open 10 to 5 every Saturday and Sunday. Brilliant. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.